This is episode 31, Grow Without the Grind, with Jessica Lecky. Welcome to Sophia on Earth. I'm your host, Sophia. I'm a coach, entrepreneur, and yoga teacher, and I help women lead from their feminine in their relationships and in business. On this podcast, we talk about what it means to be human and how each of us gives the human experience meaning and makes it work for them. Connect with me at sophiaonearth.com or via Instagram at sophiaonearth and let me know how you are making the human experience work for you. Jessica is a feminist strategy and operations advisor that helps visionary women and leaders grow rooted businesses without the grind so they have more freedom, time, and money. Jessica is an ACC certified coach and has an MBA from Harvard Business School. In this episode, we talk about what it means to grow without the grind in your business. We talk about transitioning out of working in corporate and shifting from climbing the corporate ladder to listening to your own truth and intuition when building your business. Hi, Jessica. So excited to have you. So excited to be here, Sophia. Yay. Welcome. Um, this is a, a cool one to, to talk to you. We have like similar, um, I think, interest and, and similar work that we're doing. So I think it's going to be a fun conversation. And I kind of had this intuitive nudge to start by asking you, you spend a lot of time in the corporate world. So just kind of tell me how you got there. How I got to the corporate world? Exactly. That was the only path I thought was the option. So um, I was an engineer in college and went to work in a consulting firm because that's what you did. And did that, went to business school because that's what you did. And then I got a job in operations after that, because of course, like stable job, traditional employment, that was the option. That's the dream, right? So that's how I ended up um, climbing the corporate ladder for 15 years before I realized that that wasn't the only path available to me. Oh my God. I love it. I I love even just like the first sentence that you started with, like, this is the path that I knew this was the only path, right? So, um, how, who taught you that this is the path? Like, how did you learn this? Well, I grew up in a nuclear, uh, two parent household where my mom was a teacher. My dad had a corporate job working in it. And so in you know, up and down the street, everyone had a traditional job, right? That's just what you knew growing up in, um, you know, middle-class suburban America is you get out of school, you go to college, you get a traditional job, you work there for 30 to 40 years, and then you retire. Yeah, that's, that's the path. Um, I'm glad that we can laugh about it a little bit as well. Um, And then what happened? Somehow you figured out that there are other ways. Tell me. Yeah. So my big breaking point was about in 2015, uh, Mm -hmm. where I found I'd been working hard, being successful, climbing the corporate ladder, um, not 
subconsciously coping with the stress of that environment through alcohol and food and just, you know, throwing myself even further into work. And until I had a physical and emotional breakdown, um, there's nothing more um, jarring for your life than breaking down in tears in front of your um, very white, very traditionally masculine boss for days when you're like, something is, something is not right inside hmm. for me. Like something was out of someone, something was out of alignment. And that's when I started looking for alternative paths. Cause I knew the path I was on was not it. Hmm. Talk to me about that process. How did you move through this from this moment of like, or these moments of breakdown, how did you pick yourself back up again? Yeah. Um, so I think it's helpful to know where I was living. I was living in Portland, Oregon, which may be one of the more spiritually rooted centers. Um, so I was thankful I was living where I was. Um, I took a week off after, um, it was Thanksgiving week. So I just took the whole week off after my breakdown. And for the first time in my life in a really long time, I had some quiet time. So I went to my books, the favorite bookstore and I browsed and I saw a advertisement for the mind, body and spirit expo in Portland. And I said, well, I, I need to go to this. I don't know why I never, it's too woo woo for me. Right. Mm -hmm. But I went anyways. And I just started following inclinations and inklings that were bringing me down a path from tarot and energy readings to learning how to meditate and becoming a holistic nutritionist and a life coach. And it was just following these deepening paths that were opening up to me as I would step into this realm. There were more things that were open and it was a seven year journey of really following inclinations that is essentially it was, if it's not the corporate way, I'm going to try it. Oh. And moving further from anything that would bring me more traditional success. I was like, no, anything that moved me further down away from that path. I tried. Hmm. Cool. What did yeah. you discover? Oh, I mean, I was like, oh, what I thought was normal and what I thought was just life was you know, internalized toxic masculinity, patriarchy, capitalism, and all the isms. And, um, I, I realized, you know, that's, I, I realized what I'd been socialized and I never knew that that's what it was. I thought that was just life. Mm, yeah. And I, I have a sense that a lot of people can relate to that because that's, yeah, just a basically everybody's experience right and it takes you and and just yeah like in in somebody kind of like waking up I guess to to the truth of all of that to discover oh this actually isn't working for me and also this is not the only path right yeah you have to find other people who are walking non-traditional paths. So in 2017, I was in Portland. I went to this conference called the World Domination Summit, which was launched by Chris Gillibo, who wrote The Art of Nonconformity and now runs a, a blog about or a side hustle um, podcast. And I went to this conference because it was in my, it was where I was living. And I'm like, oh my God, how um, like, oh my God, there are people 
that don't have a corporate job. Like this is all people who don't have corporate jobs. Yeah, I love that. And then what happened for you to ultimately become a coach? Yeah, so I decided that um, I got my health in order and I became a holistic nutritionist back when I was in Portland. And then I decided that, um, well, this is great, but I want to help people more than just with nutrition. I want to help them with their whole lives. So that's when I read about health coaching, decided I wanted to be a health coach. Um, that wasn't really my true passion as I, um, I picked up and moved across the country back to where my, my family is from or you know, close to the area in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, tried health coaching. That wasn't really for me. And what I've landed on now is um, business and operations coaching but really taking the things I'd learned in corporate with the things I'd learned in my coaching programs and with all the practices I'm learning about the feminine, more feminine and feminist ways of being, Hmm. bringing that all together into a coaching practice, um, coaching consulting practice, because um, I want to be the mentor that I didn't have when I was seven years ago. Hmm. When you were going through that transition. Yeah, I love it. Um, and on your path, was there like one kind of coaching program that you participated in or event that you attended where you said like, oh, this was really like the thing that changed everything for me? Yeah. So I went through a traditional corporate style coaching program Mm -hmm. and I learned how to be a coach from like, I would say the mental perspective, like mine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, but I didn't feel confident enough in navigating through the emotional lens with people. So I worked with, I found a coaching program. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and my coach was located in Portland, Oregon. So, you know, the spiritual birthplace for me, but her program called awaken your life. My coach's name is my coach trainer's name's Andrea Lita. And that was the first time I was exposed to the whole person coaching and not just whole person, but like tapping into the world beyond us. So we talked about, you know, neuroscience and how our brains deal with trauma and threat. We talked about, you know, the roots and the stories that we are built with. Um, we talked about how the, in our environment impacts us from a, a nervous system perspective. We talked about the chakras and about somatic work. And this was like a lens opening up to, wow, like this is not just a head centered practice. This is a whole whole system practice. And that was like, I would say the entry point to this new world of navigating, um, the more spiritual and more, um, kind of divine aspects of, of self. That was my, my trip, my beginning of a trips into the soul's underworld, uh, soul's underworld. I love it. So tell us a little bit about kind of how, how you support people and what, yeah, what the essence of your coaching is, I would love to know. Yeah, so what I find is that most business coaches and business operations coaches focus on growing your business through, I would say, the more traditionally masculine lens. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, focusing on logic, efficiency, repeatability, systems, sustainability systems, they're not inherently bad, but what we are conditioned to do in like more of the traditionally corporate kind of late stage capitalist lens is how to distill all of our genius and our glory into a sanitized, easy to deliver formula 
for how we grow a business that is linear, that's predictable. It's step-by-step through a process. It's sanitized very, because they have to be able to productize what they're selling to you is how they coach it. You know, they have to teach you the formula. So we all operate our businesses like formulas, but it lends to a ton of burnout and extraction and overwork and actually perpetuating this hierarchy that like the coach knows, and you just have to be kind of sit still and wait to be told. Um, I want to turn that model on its head and help my clients build what I'm calling a rooted business, which is really how do we grow without the grind in reconnecting to our innate natural wisdom of how we grow a business, um, thinking about seasonality and cyclicality, um, thinking about growing our own roots and deciding for ourselves how big we want our businesses to be. You know, is it a six-figure business? Maybe. Is it a seven-figure business? Maybe. Is it lower than that? Could be because it's dependent on the roots and the fruits that you need from your business. And I can't find that for you. So I'm helping my clients navigate their way to like growing a business that's right for them. Mm, powerful. Tell me more about the seasonal cyclical. I, I find that super fascinating. Yeah. So like if we're thinking about machines, we kind of operate with the same you know, run rate at all times. We maybe have some scheduled downtime, but the expectation is that's relatively linear output. But from a seasonality cyclicality, there are seasons in your life where you're more creative. There are seasons in your life where you're more processing and more in, in, introspective. There are seasons of your life where you can run physically hard, like for a launch. And then there are seasons of your life where you're exhausted. Um, those are the types of seasons that we think about because there are times in their stages, like if you're growing a tree in a business, um, you know, you can only grow so far up before you have to continue deepening your roots. And that's the work that's behind the scenes that no one really talks about, but that's like the really critical work to, to propel your business forward for the next step stage of growth. So how do we honor that? Like maybe you're in a season of not trying to get more clients, but strengthen your back end, reconnect to your messaging and, and, you know, look at your foundations of your business. Again, that's not the sexy part that gets published on social media. That's not, I made a 20K month, right? That's the more introspective look of, oh, I've redeveloped my methodology and I've slowed down to kind of look at the, the roots of my business. Hmm. I feel like that's really underrated in a way. It's, it's underrated and also it's hard to sell. Um, so I think there's this, you know, I'm going to promise you results in 90 days type of yeah. mentality that's out there in the business world. So it's, um, you know, it's challenging to say, no, actually building sustainable business takes a year or two or three of focused effort and consistent effort and tending. And that doesn't sell as well, but for the people who have been burned by corporate who are truly searching for a new way to do work that balances, you know, that appropriate structure from the masculine side and the appropriate emotion and intuition and quietness of the more fe traditionally feminine, how do we bring those two together? And I think that's an underrated part of building a business. Mm, totally. Yeah. It's really fascinating because, um, I think I mentioned this to you and the listeners know I'm in this, uh, master coaching certification program at the moment 
with um, the Elementum Coaching Institute. And it's really fascinating because a lot of people, um, there are a lot of new coaches and also more seasoned coaches, but, and especially, I guess, for like newer people or people who are transitioning, maybe out of a corporate career and into full-time coaching, there, I'm noticing a lot of, oh, I have to kind of build my business and I have to do these things. And then um, I've heard so many different courses that people are in, like the joyful marketing. And I don't know how marketing is connected to human design and like all these like different kind of like marketing courses that people are now like kind of looking into to, um, to build their business. And it's like fascinating. Yeah. To see, to see that. And um, obviously sometimes I'm like, Oh, should I do this too? <laughs> um, should I also like enroll in some course? And it's, there's like a variety of them. And, and at the end of the day, I, I, I often wonder, isn't it also just like something that like intuitively has to work for you. Like, yes, I can apply a formula that somebody's teaching me, but if it somehow doesn't resonate with me and I'm trying to force myself into like applying that and maybe it doesn't even work for what I'm selling, like why do it? Exactly. Um, and like, we forget that like marketing, especially as a new business is like, it's very simple. Go talk to humans. Uh-huh. Like, that is it. And I do think that we're so used to in our like school environment and things like that, being given the test and just like, go, if you check these boxes off, you're going to pass the test. Mm. Right. I think that's, and we're, we're looking for someone to give us the answers because I think we've been conditioned out of really knowing internally that we have all the answers we need inside. Are we looking for permission from a, you know, authority figure on the right way to do it? Are we looking for someone to give us the secrets, you know, give us the answer to the test. But I think if we like really go back to like who we are as human beings and say, how do I connect with another human and offer to help, um, you know, that's the unlock that everyone, I think some of these courses are like helping you almost avoid talking to humans, mm. You know, cause they're giving you the tactics, but also like it, then it gets, it gets flattened. Like you said, like, we'll just do these things. And this is the formula. And you're like, well, that's not how I, that's not how I connect with people. Yeah. Mm. So good. Um, how do you incorporate intuition when you work with clients in terms of them building their business? Yeah. So, you know, I think we start with an intuition and perspective. I think part of it starts with giving yourself permission to slow down and notice. And that's, I think the key. So with, with my clients, it's like, I'm not going to let you do like five things at once. I'm going to let you do one or two things and you're going to do them and you're going to notice what happened. What did you feel? Like most of my clients, um, and I'm not like an expert in somatic um, therapy or anything, but most of my clients we're, they're very head centered in how we think about, you know, well, what happened? What did I think about it versus how did I feel? Did it light up my throat? Did it light up my stomach? Did it light up my root chakra? Cause that gives us some different information about what is being triggered within us when we do something. So part of it's slowing down and noticing and creating the space to do it. Some of it is like tapping into wisdom that we don't traditionally think about because it's, we're like, what do we think about it versus how do we feel about it? And then, you know, part of it is listening to yourself about what to do next. And part of that, and then we also get into, 
kind of navigating, is that you or is that your protective self keeping you safe? Mm. But it all starts from slowing down and having something to notice and then noticing something in a, in a capacity that's different than noticing it with the brain. Mm. I love it. It's interesting too, just like from my experience in the corporate world and in startups, because there's a lot of talk about data, right? And it's always like data and it has to be like data driven and what the data says. Right. And I'm guessing that there is some balance with that too, right? Like probably we don't want to, um, I guess we could, but, but maybe we don't want to just lead with our intuition. And we also want to look at some data and then maybe like tap into our intuition around data and maybe just leading with data and just looking at the numbers is also not the way. What's your take on it? Well, I think it's, how do you bring in, how do you, how do we look for data? But I don't think data by its data is just the numerical outcomes. I think if we broaden our expansion of data, we can look at data to say, what is the data that my audience is telling me from a numerical perspective? What is the data that my body is telling me from a somatic perspective? And we're always working with data. Just how do we expand our definition of what data is? Mm, what? <laughs> what? I love it. <laughs> yes, yeah. that is also data. Oh my God, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Like we should always lead with data, but the data, if you're posting something on LinkedIn and, you know, it gets zero feedback, like math feedback, but it gets a ton of like, you felt like really good in your body as you did that. Okay. Maybe that means the, the substance was there and maybe the specific message needs to be tweaked to like work with the algorithm. So that's something to notice. Like, you're like, okay, this felt good or vice versa. Like, um, it could be that you're getting a ton of engagement in doing what I call engagement farming, but it's not, doesn't resonate with your soul. So one of my, um, so when I, one of my clients, when I worked with, she's, uh, talking about her message shifting and I'm like, well, every time you learn more, you're like deepening your message. That's, if people are resonating with that, maybe, you know, and this is where I think where we need to look at our business model. Do you need 30, 40 likes and comments on your post? Or do you need one person to direct message you and say, this inspired me. I'd love to learn more because I want to work with people who want to make money, not necessarily get a ton of engagement on LinkedIn. They can be linked, hmm. but they are not like, we have to have to say, what's, what's the data we're looking for versus the vanity metrics that we're taught that we should celebrate. Ooh, I'm noticing that you have a lot of amazing terms like I love engagement farming I also heard you say grow without the grind and then you had mentioned to me before changing the ladder for the lighthouse yeah. tell me about that so grow without the grind is I would say um, I'll quote one of my uh, influences Michelle Mazer Dr. Michelle Mazer she says you need to be known for something and so when I think about corporate I think about the grind like that overly toxic mechanistic way to run our lives and businesses. And so I want to help you grow rooted businesses without the grind, which also means setting aside the traditional ladder of success, which means more money, more promotion, more responsibility, more work for 
what I'm, you know, the lighthouse, that intuition inside of you that says, no, this is the direction I need to be going. Hmm. Um, and engagement farming, um, I actually got, the, I don't, I picked up that term in the past week or two, but it's re, um, from, I think, Nat, um, Nat uh, Eliason, um, Eliason, I will have to pronounce that later, but it's, you do something that's, it's like clickbait. It's like, oh, like 20 things I wish I didn't do in my twenties, right? Like it's like Buzzfeed listicle type things, which is what um, is considered non, it's obvious content. But like, I don't do well with obvious content. I do well with non-obvious content, like content that's like deeper and more rich that allows for like more insight versus like 10 things I do before 7 a.m. Like that gets a lot of clicks and a lot of engagement, but like doesn't allow for the deeper conversations that I think you and I want to have. Yeah. And then two, like you want to connect with real humans, right? And the 10 things or like the 20 things, it doesn't necessarily allow you to see the truth of somebody and to like feel them. Right. Yeah. And I think that goes to like this, like, you know, this expectation of being on the corporate, you know, the content hamster wheel, like that continuation of having to pump out content all the time. And, you know, it feels like an assembly line. Now I participate in it too, a little bit because the algorithm does reward it, but it's also like, if that doesn't work for you or, you know, if you only like one of my, one of the people I work with, she only needs like one major client a year. And I'm like, then don't be on social media, like form real connections with real humans and deepen those real relationships. Cause if you only need one, you don't need to be five days a week on social media. If you're trying to grow, like, you know, put a thousand people in a course, then yes, you probably need that, that online distribution. But we forget that, like, especially when you're starting a business, it's real humans doing business with real humans. Mm, yeah. So true. Yeah. Do you mostly work with people one-on-one or do you also do group programs? So currently I work one-on-one. I'm starting a group program um, as we head into goal setting season, mm-hmm. tradition, you know, Q, you know, Q4. Um, Cause I also have a problem with those goal setting courses. And you know, if there are listeners out there that do this, I apologize, but that are like, we set them in a week weekend and then we forget about them. So how do we step through it in a more, um, embodied way where you have some learnings and you integrate it to your body. You have some learnings, you integrate it to your body. And then you also have support over the next couple of months to check back in because really, as we're setting goals, really just like testing hypotheses, Mm. which means that we have to have the space to reflect and check back in. What have we learned? Who have we become as we're achieving our, as we're moving forward to our goals. And so how do we, instead of it being like a one and done, like, here's your plan. How do we, how do I set it up for a more, um, embodied and integrated experience? Yeah. Accountability is huge. Huge. Yeah, totally. Totally. Also like, you know, some people can, can do the, can get through it all the weekend. And some people want some time to like integrate with like, Oh, this is what I want. This is what my business model is. Okay. Now how do I actually take that in and, and like integrate it into my body to, okay, what do I need to do first versus operating from a place of looking for that silver bullet? in the strategy, looking for that, like the thing that's on the surface versus the thing that they really know that they need to be doing. Mm, Yeah. So true. I uh, heard you mention 
I heard you mention earlier somatics, and I know we talked about that too, and that that's uh, a part of your work as well. I would love to know kind of like how you got into it. I'm very curious. Um, so I think as part of my coaching, um, I was, my corporate life, I was very disconnected from my body. Like my body might've been pain. It, you know, certainly changed and expanded, but I just wasn't listening to it all. And so as part of my coaching program with my coach, Andrea, I started getting awareness of that, how our nervous system responds to things and how our emotions can get trapped in our body. I'm currently reading the body keeps the score. I can't believe I've waited this long to read that book. And, you know, I think it's just, you know, we're so in, we live in a state of hyper or hyper arousal where we're just always in threat and always in our nervous system is always turned on. And for me, I realized that was like showing up and manifesting as weight gain, mm. but also, um, I was having a hard time slowing down and tapping into my intuition because my nervous system was always on high alert. So through part of my coaching program, I've learned how to like connect with my breath, connect with my body, um, to tap back in and like, you know, tend to the emotions that are here, tend to the body that needs listening to. Um, and how do I help my clients do the same? Um, I'm, you know, work with somatic professionals who do this for a living. I know the basics of if your system, if your nervous system is on high alert and threat, it's going to be hard to really integrate any major changes because our body's not designed for that. It's designed for, you know, fight or flight, not designed for integration and uh, rest and digestion. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and for anybody listening who hasn't heard like these terms, hyper and hypo arousal, basically you can just imagine that you have a window of tolerance it's like these two lines that are like on top of each other and when you're in this frame um, of your window of tolerance that's when you are in learning brain that's when you can absorb new information that's where you can grow all the things and then if you cross the threshold on the top that's when you're in hyper arousal so you're triggered and like kind of like agitated maybe like aggressive like there's a lot of energy and then on the lower end when you cross the threshold there that's then where you're in hypo arousal so you may be like withdrawn numbing not really feeling anything in your body and both are states of yeah of survival brain really where you can't integrate anything like you were saying jessica where you can't change where you can't make any progress or anything because your body is in a state of war essentially and just trying to get on um, yeah and I love what you said there about tapping into your body do you have like some tools that you can recommend for anybody listening how you tap back into your body when you feel like oh kind of disconnected like up in my mind yeah so I'll give you I'll give you two one is just meditation and mindfulness mm -hmm. I find is really helpful um, but the second one is actually um, it's a technique I'm working on with one of my, um, coaches, her name is Amy Kubinek, and I can give you her information. She has these body, body dialogue sessions where you actually focus on parts of your body and like breathe into the parts and like, look at like how, when, when's the last time you actually looked at your body mm. and like looked at your hands and felt your hands. And so this, this conversation of truly making friends with your body by 
touch, by breath, by energy moving to those directions. So I think even just the practice of sitting down for um, 10 minutes and doing a body scan of just what do I notice as you scan down every aspect of your body? Um, again, not something we're taught how to do um, in the corporate world. In fact, they want you disconnected from your body because it keeps you producing at a higher output. Um, but I think that's, it's a skill we're all going to need to be able to regulate our own nervous systems as we um, continue to be in a changing world environment. Mm, so true. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love body scans too. I often do it also um, at the top of a session when I'm working with a client just for, for the client also to generate some awareness, what's present, what, what are they noticing? Is there any tension? And then can you maybe breathe into it to loosen it a little yeah. bit? And, you know, then you can walk with that too. So yeah, I love a body scan. Yeah. I also love connecting with the senses. So, um, connecting with, as you like meditate and do breathing, connecting with what you, how you feel like physically, what you're, um, smelling, hearing, tasting, and seeing, even with your eyes closed, that's just a really powerful way to turn on senses that we don't uh, necessarily think about mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis. And so just that really, when you're focusing on what you're hearing, you can't be focusing on anything else. So true. Love it. What is something that you are working on right now, just kind of like in your personal and professional life where you're like, mm, this is kind of like this task that I've given myself right now. So one of the things I'm really working on is how to incorporate more magic and ritual into my life and my practice. So, um, you know, I've always been intrigued by magic, um, but I also think that it's a way to turn intention into real action. So you know, instead of just going through the motions, how can I be more intentional and how can I create magic? So I'm, I'm in a course called art of ritual of how do you truly turn, how do you incorporate like circle casting and spell work into my business work and client work? Cause I think that's a way to tap into kind of ancestral and natural wisdom mm. that we don't consider and think about. So, um, that's something that's part, I'm, how do I build that into my personal practice so that I can really start to connect with the land that I'm existing on and the elements that are really present in the natural world, uh, particularly as I step farther and further away from like this identity of like, I'm a machine in my business. And so how do I honor the, 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 the seasons, the lunar cycles, the wheel of the year, um, in a way that's, um, you know, not appropriative, but that is, is authentic to like where I am in this time of my life. Hmm. What's a ritual that is really resonating with you at the moment? Um, so my, um, I have a lot of coaches cause coaches have coaches, but, um, so one of the elements that I want to work more with was, is water. And so putting like a, like my coach and I talked about putting a ritual together of kind of bringing more, honoring more water and more fluidity and more, um, you know, one of the ways from like a machine perspective, like when gears get grindy is because there's not fluid and not water, right? So it's too much fire and not enough water. So how do we truly like bring water into my practice personally and professionally? So in the mornings, am I kind of my first cup of water for the day? How do I create some ritual around 
let let there be more water let there be more more nourishment to you know balance out the fire and the earth that i that i tend to carry so how do we like actually make almost like everyday magic related to water in my life mm. amazing i'm a fan i love it so cool yeah i love these like like kitchen magic spells um but i because you know they, you have to be intentional. You have to be focused. You can't just be drinking a glass of water while you're scrolling your phone or like responding to emails. You have to be present in the moment. And instead of thinking about, am I present or in the moment, you're just here. Mm, Yeah. And I mean, that will make your day feel so much more full just by being intentional and really present in every moment. So like, why not engage in such practices? Yeah. It's, I, mean, I don't know about you, but it's hard to be with yourself. It's hard to be with your thoughts and not be distracted by something because mm-hmm. we're, we're getting so much of that dopamine hit from the social medias and the news and the doom scrolling and the emails. And I don't know about you, but my attention has just been over the past two years. So it's, it's hard to get it back. Um, but I think it's important. And I think that's, 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 you know, if, if we get, if we get back to our intuition by creating space and time to listen, we have to actually create space and time to listen. Hmm, Yeah. You know, one thing that I've really started doing over the last two years, more than I have before, is really connecting to nature. So like going on walks, finding, I moved. uh, So like finding places where I can, that are close to where I live, right. That where I can connect to nature and and through that, and, and then also looking at it through like almost like the eyes of a kid and like seeing the magic and like, oh my God, like I remember um, in 2020, I was living in New York City and every day I was living close to Central Park. I would go to Central Park, you know, kind of like when did it all start, like in March, right? And it was still kind of like cold. And every day for like three months, I went and every day was different. Yeah. Every day, like there was, it wasn't like, oh yeah, that leaf was there yesterday. So every day, like the light was different or yeah, kind of like just what had happened in nature, the wind was hitting the trees differently. The sounds were different. I was, I had like a route that I would take every day. So it was always the same walk, but it was different every day. And my mom, she's like 66, I think. Well, I know. And she uh, lives by the beach and she goes to the beach every morning. Like she goes for a swim, like even in November, like when it's cold, like there's a short break in the winter when she doesn't do it, but she does it every day. And sometimes she also goes for the sun sunrise. And she like, and then sometimes in the summer, it's like really early at like 4am. And I'm like, no, thanks, mom, have fun. But um, when I'm like visiting or anything, and Every morning for like a couple of months in the summer that we like spent together, she would tell me a completely different story. And then today when the sun was rising, this happened and then the water did that. And uh, it was like so kind of magical. And that's the, for me, that's the greatest resource of, yeah, presencing myself in the day, but also um, just connecting to myself and, and, creating magic for my day is just by these moments of yeah it's gonna be different every day because the sun is different the light is different the wind is different all the things and yeah that's just that's that thing to me yeah 
I have a, uh, I live in a, in a townhouse, but I have like an outdoor patio that we haven't planted. Um, I'm not, as much as I talk about nature, I'm like really not great at like keeping things watered. So um, I'm not <laughs> great at growing plants, um, even though it's like a metaphor for my business, but we get, um, we have soil and like we, I'll look outside and like some like random weed plant has grown up in like a day on one of our, um, one of our planters that's just out there. And it's just like, oh, I didn't plant this. I'm not going to eat it. Cause I don't know what it is, but like that day that that wasn't here. And then the next day it's here. And it's like, I didn't do it. Nothing did it. It just nature, mm. even in like a pot outdoors of, of plants. And it's just fun to, that reminds me that like, you know, like as humans, we think we're in control, we're really not. Um, and so how do we embrace the, that's a reminder of like, we are not alone on this world. We are not, you know, we can't control it. And how do you, you know, understand the magic of the natural world and how do we tap back into that for our lives and for our businesses? Yeah. Surrender is like the word that pops up for me, especially, I mean, this is what I tr sometimes try to do is like when I'm in a situation where I want a certain outcome, like even could be like a relationship or something. Then I'm just like, oh, the tree isn't like trying to like move with the wind. It just does it. Right. And like, it's like the same idea, like nature, just a flower doesn't try to bloom. It just is. And, yeah. and yeah, I think that's like the magic for sure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Surrender. That's a great now that's going to show up everywhere in my work, I think. Yeah, it has for me for the last couple of days or so. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Anything else that you would love to talk about that you want to share with people about? No, I think this was great. This was so wonderful to really talk about the, how, you know, we can embrace more of that intuition and more of that traditionally feminine energy into yeah lives and businesses. And, um, yeah, I think this is great. Yeah. And, um, I feel too, like that, like not just like female entrepreneur entrepreneurs, but really like all business people and especially people who are creating their own businesses. It's so important to have that balance, right. To be able to lean into both directions and not just go like with the logical and here's my, my data, my traditional data and, and all the things but I think you're right. We can't, we can't ignore that. So like saying, well, I'm going to operate in like the fully divine feminine and no structure, no logic, you know, like that's not good either. So how do we, um, how do we blend and make sure that it's, we're in balance versus sacrificing one or the other? Yeah. And that's like, ultimately, and I, I remember we talked about this before too, like, it's always about integrating different parts. Right. And that's that yeah. too. Like, we want to have some structure that we can flow in the spaces, you know, that the structure leaves. So it's always like integrating like both parts. And, and that's not like, from my perspective, at least, and I'm, I have a sense you feel the same way. That's not what we're doing like in business right now. Right. It's like very much like here's how it's done. And that's like the more like you could probably call like masculine values, like do, do, do go goals, all the things. Um, and not so much what, how does this actually feel? Like, you know, does this resonate all the things? Yeah. 
I feel like it's either like overly kind of like too toxic masculinity or it's the regardless of if it's men or female, like I see, yeah. you know, women normalizing this too, or it's like this complete 180 degree, like rejection of toxic masculinity. But then I'm like, yes, I want you to be of service and I want you to do what is inspiring for you. And I also want you to make money Yeah, and I want you to actually, you know, bring that business into the grounded reality. And so how do we, you know, like one of my teachers says, if you, um, if you want to be an anti-capitalist business, you still have to be a profitable business. So like, mm. how, how do we think about that? Like, it's not just this wholesale rejection of everything that's considered quote unquote masculine. It's this blending and integration and balance. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. And yes, if this is something that resonate with resonates with any of you on listening to this podcast right now i will link um, all of jessica's information in the show notes so you can reach out to her and yes so awesome to have you thank you so much for taking the time i loved it thank you for having me on this was wonderful thank you for listening to this episode of sophia on earth where we talk about what it means to be human. If you want to dive deeper, leading from your feminine essence in your relationships and in business, I would love to hear from you and support you on your journey. You can find all of my one-on-one -on -one coaching offers on my website at sophieonearth.com or feel free to just reach out to me via Instagram at sophieonearth. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Sending you so much love.